Hey yo, welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown, here to optimize your workflow. That's service now. This ain't your typical run of the mill. Tech talk OGs, we're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with C. This episode is brought to you by Clear Sky. ClearSky is the only identity governance and security solution built natively on ServiceNow. It optimizes enterprise identity and risk management with a platform-first approach. Look, we have built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a real nightmare for risk and security and governance who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized that? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All of the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on ServiceNow, the platform that we all trust. ClearSky, optimized identity management built natively on ServiceNow. Check the description below for an episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right. This is our 100th episode, Corey. Dude, number 100. Who could believe that we would make it to 100? That's crazy. I, I, I thought I would because I remember when I wanted to start the podcast and I was like, how do you know if you've made it? How do you know what you should do? And somebody would be like, it's going to take you about 100 episodes to figure it out. And so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I would like to think that it didn't take us 100 episodes to actually figure out the podcast. But yeah, I've definitely grown differently or a lot, right? Like from episode mm-hmm. one to episode 100. I mean, I remember I didn't even want to do episode one. And you really twisted my arm on that. And I appreciate that, right? Was I it that you know. didn't want to or you didn't think you could? Uh, yeah. So that one. Right. Like I didn't think I could. I was scared. Right. Honestly, I didn't think I had anything to say that anybody wanted to hear. That's really what it comes down to when you're thinking about creating any kind of content. Right. Do you have something to say that you feel like other people want to hear? And I just couldn't find that voice inside of myself that I thought other people wanted to uh, wanted to listen to. Yeah, for me, I'd always used my voice and saying things out in the open as a way to litmus test the ideas themselves, right? Like the best way to find out if what I think is true is to tell people what I think. Well, that's true. And they'll either get behind me or they'll correct me in a hurry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's absolutely true, right? And that's one of the things I always tell people too is why I talk to a lot of people who I disagree with, right? It's because I figure out in a conversation whether or not I'm right. Like if I'm right, then talking to someone I disagree with will allow me to try to convince them in a way that allows me to internally strengthen my own argument, right? Or they will convince me that I'm wrong. (laughs) And now I have a different way of thinking about things. And that means that I was talking wrong things, right? Nobody wants Mm -hmm. to do that, right? That's why I I always tell people like, hey, you don't want to shy away from conflict, right? Just like you said, like you talk to people, put it out there. And if you're wrong, they'll correct you. Right. And if you're right, they'll reinforce it. It's episode 100. Look, we had all these plans. We want to make this huge blowout episode, this massive production. But I think we just look back at some of our best moments. We're just like, hey, let's just hit the record button and let's go. Pick a broad topic and let's go. And so the topic today is what are we talking about today, Corey? 
Push it to the limit. <laughs> limit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we're going to talk about how you take it, whatever it is, and turn it to 11. And I'm here for it. I, yep. I think we, we can all be safe sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, safe breeds a certain type of complacency. And I think we all need to be reminded that there is an 11 on the dial, right? And yep. sometimes you need to chase it. And if there isn't 11 on the dial, you can make an 11 on the dial. Yeah, man. I get some tape and a Sharpie. That's right. So it's it's a little bit vague. It's a little bit unstructured, but that's what we're doing. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people that need to go to 11. Like I'd, I'd say all of the people coming into the environment. It's, yeah. um, it's not easy. You're going to have to work at an 11 to get the success that you want. Right? To get yeah, the man. success that you're being advertised. So go for that, but also go for a lot more. Nobody's going to give it to you on a silver platter, right? So, and here I am with 15 years of experience. And I'm, I myself, I'm thinking like, man, am I really doing the best I can? Is this the best I can do? And no, it totally isn't. So right. this episode is, a, for me at least, <laughs> is useful for me as well. No, so you know what? I, I, I love how you started that out. Because there are a lot of people coming into the ecosystem. And I really do think they need to hear push it to the limit, right? They need to hear turn it to 11, right? And there's some great examples of folks who have pushed it to the limit and who have taken it to that number 11 on the dial and have seen it pay off for them, right? So when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about Kali, right? Like Kali came into the ecosystem and she was like, I'm going to make this thing my own. Oh yeah, like everything was against her too, right? She just decided, she just decided. Yeah. Like I'm going to do it. But then it was also, she backed it up with action. Ask her about her golden hours. Three in the morning, she's up learning. Because that's the the clearest moment in her mind during the day. She just get up. The first thing she's thinking about is service now. The first thing she's doing is service now. Whatever happens the rest of her day, the best part of her day is going to service. Right. Like, that's just amazing. And then what else did she do? She's like, yeah, no, I'm going to start talking to people about service now. And it's like, who are you? I'm Kali and I'm talking to you about service now. That's enough right there. Like knowing that that right there, that's enough. Like you're going to take my call. You're going to get on this mic with me. We're going to have a conversation. It's like, yeah, (laughs) right? Because what's the worst that can happen? You can call somebody up and they say no. Okay, so you call somebody else. Push it to the limit. Just go, go, go. Like you don't know, like you don't know what you don't know. And a no isn't like a, isn't a death sentence either, right? Like a no is something that just needs to be overcome, right? And, And where's Kali now? Kali's yeah. an MVP. MVP. <laughs> like barely a year after she started. Like Crazy. boom. Yep. <laughs> you know what? I want to give another shout out to Kalisha Moore, right? Like Kalisha started in, in the last year. I don't even know if she's been in the ecosystem for a whole year. And she kicked it off and she she's founded SNPDG group, right? Like she's got, they, they have their own Slack. She's doing interviews. They're doing uh, webinars and mm-hmm. she's a rising star now. You know, anyway, my well, point- let's, let's break down some of the lessons, though. Yeah, it's one thing to just point at the example, but maybe less obvious is what is it that they did different? With okay, Kali right. backed it up with action. It wasn't yeah. just the words. Service now is going to be my thing. It's the willingness to get up at 3 a.m. It's the sacrifice of other parts of your life. Yes. Nobody's making extra time for you, right? And I know the Matrix had that line. How can we take time if we don't make time? But I'm just like, I don't. time isn't made. It's always taken. You must yes. take time. <laughs> it, like, you know what I mean? It, like the violence of it. 
Dude, like I, I got so many things around <laughs> like taking versus giving, right? Power, freedom. These are things that have to be taken and can never be given to you, right? That's and right. honestly, like, so freedom is a great one here. A lot of folks are getting into the ServiceNow ecosystem for freedom, right? But how do you get freedom? If you think getting fr freedom is sitting in a class and just learning, you're not getting freedom. You're asking somebody to give it to you. You got to take that learning in that class, right? And then go and apply it. And that's what we've seen folks do who have been successful. We've seen them say, okay, I'm in next gen or some other program and I'm being taught these skills. I'm going to take these skills that I'm being taught and then go outside the program and turn them into practical examples of learning. And, and not only that, right? Like I'm going to gather other folks into this with me. And so now I've formed a, a unofficial accountability group. Right. Because I think that part of it is important. What I've seen Kalisha do and what I've seen Kali do is that they didn't just do this lesson by themselves. That's right. Right. They got other people and surrounded themselves with those people. Right. Now you've got this accountability now. So if you if you're tired one day, somebody else isn't going to be tired that day and they're going to grab you and they're going to drag you and they're going to pull you. Right. Like how many times have we seen that montage in a movie where the Navy SEALs are coming out of the ocean, right? And one guy's lagging behind and, you know, somebody grabs like, come on, <laughs> you know, that's this. So, that, so what I'd say the next thing is, is that what I've seen folks do is surround themselves with other folks and create that accountability network so that they can push forward. And we'll have it all in the show notes. There's the ServiceNow community. There's the SN Dev Slack channel. There's the ServiceNow Developer Discord. There's LinkedIn, man. Like there's so many places you can and should interact. I've said it over and over and over again too. One of the things that people kind of sleep on is just drill. My dad was an infantryman. And so when he wanted certain things done, it had to be just so like, here's how we brush our teeth. We brush it this way all the time. Here's how we make our bed. We make our bed this way all the time. And then part of your morning routine was you first do the bed, then you do your brush. It was just so, right? But then you drill it enough and it becomes second nature. You right. don't think about how it's going to get done. It just gets done magically because you've just greased the groove, right? Oh, I like that. And, I like that. And that's just the way it works mechanically now. And so I started off my service now journey with drill. It's like every morning, come into the office, get my coffee, sit and read wiki. Sit and read whatever, <laughs> whatever passed for community back in those days. Right? Yeah. Um, and it was just like half an hour of learning. And as community improved, it would be half an hour of answering questions or looking at questions that had right answers. The point wasn't necessarily to, it's not like I had a focus to it. Like I'm going to learn CSM or I'm going to learn whatever. It was just 30 minutes of every day had to be dedicated to this. 30 minutes at least. Right. And then the dividend on that is five years later, 10 years later of 30 minutes a day, every workday, just like stupid amounts of hours. I saw Chuck Tomasi's post the other day. He was, he was marking his 5,000th day in service now. Yes, crazy. Right? Imagine if you just learned one thing every day and committed to that and stuck to it and drill and 5,000 things learned. I don't know yeah. if I can give you 5,000 ServiceNow facts. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, I know that I cannot give you 5,000 ServiceNow <laughs> facts, right? I consider myself pretty good at this, right? But there's no way. But imagine if you could, right? Imagine if you could. And, and Duke, I just want to say this, right? Because you and I have talked about your 30 minutes a day before, right? And privately, I've told you how much I've admired that because I wish that I could do it and I haven't been able to do it. And in fairness, I shouldn't say I wish I could do it. I can do it. I just haven't put in the effort 
and to actually uh, make that one of my habits. And that's why I admire that in you, because I know how much effort it takes to do 30 minutes a day. And I see you do it effortlessly. And I see the results of that, man. And I, I am just, yeah, I'm in awe. And so my point to elevating that is that it works, people. <laughs> 30 minutes a day works. Here we are. I'm talking to the guy who got me talking on this podcast because Lord knows I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and part of that is just 30 minutes a day. So be consistent. Drill, right? Drill, drill, drill. I love that. I love that. I'll tell you what, though, man, if I could go back, we said this on the Oscar podcast too, right? But if I could yeah. go back, the one thing I would radically change is taking notes. I have lost a shocking, depressing amount of knowledge for just not having it written down somewhere. Like, oh, shit, shit, I did that. I wrote yes. a script that did that exactly. Where is it? Like, way back in the garbage bin <laughs> like, of the yeah. subconscious is floating around there somewhere. Absolutely. Right. And I've, so I, at one point in, in my career, I took notes and I stored a bunch of script snippets and stuff. And I still have those things. But what I didn't do and, and what AI makes it a lot easier to do now is I didn't comment those script snippets. Right. So how do you find what you wrote if you don't have any comments? <laughs> yeah. How do you understand it? You ever do that thing where you write something and like a week later, you look at it and you're like, whose script is that? Right. <laughs> Especially if it's complicated. What was, like, what was that supposed to do? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so and, write stuff right, down, folks. Write it down. And add context, especially if it's code. I mean, I haven't, I've never actually tried this with actual human scale language notes, but maybe you could actually get ChatGPT to add notes to your notes, right? Like context sensitive notes to your notes so that you can find them easier to search in your OneNote or whatever the other thing is that people use Notion, right? Maybe uh, AI can add comments for you there to make that stuff easier to surface, right? Because that's also important. It's not just taking the notes, but being able to find the thing that you're writing down is really important. Yeah. Once your notes gets to a certain size, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you no, absolutely. Gotta scrap all of that. <laughs> okay. Backspace, backspace. <laughs> okay, we're back. Another thing, it would. I'm totally off my track now. Reflect. Okay, on top of taking notes and on top of the drill, I think it's also. It's also a very good thing to make time for reflection. And I don't need to necessarily do this any more than I already do because one thing that CJ and the Duke has really provided me over the past couple of years is that time to reflect. We're reflecting yeah. on our careers, we're reflecting on our jobs yep. for the audience's benefit, but it's also calcifying stuff in our own mind. Yeah, absolutely. Right. There's a, uh, a predominant theory in public speaking, right? When you're talking to an audience that they don't hear you unless you say it three times. I seem, I, I also feel like I don't internalize a thing, right? Unless I reflect on it three times or in, in, to integrate it into my consciousness or body of work experience, whatever you want to call it, right? Talking about it here with you, Duke, that's one thing. I write it down again somewhere else, right? That's another thing, right? And then, you know, however, wherever the third thing becomes. And then, so what happens, and this is another, and I can't find the guy that I jacked it from, but he says, I write a lot of content about the things that I'm thinking about, because when I do an interview, I'm no longer 
doing an interview where I'm thinking about the subject, I'm just recalling the things that I've written. On yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And that's part of the reason I participate so much. I do it mostly from the ServiceNow developer discord now, but it's so important to engage with other people's questions because there's like the set of stuff that you know for sure, right? That you could just yeah. dead recall, but there's like such a potential energy that's a much larger set of things you can know, but you yeah. won't know until somebody asks you and then it's like, plink, 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 all the pieces fall into place. But those pe pieces would have never fallen into place unless somebody asked you. So I've been yeah. so motivated and captivated by this idea that there's all these things that I could know that I don't because nobody's asked me yet. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm just like, ask me questions. <laughs> Please ask me questions. Because then you got to go in and you figure it out, right? Or you know it, right? And you're sharing it or whatever, right? Like the whole nine yards, everything we just said. Yeah. No, no, absolutely, dude. Like, how do you know if something's important unless somebody's asking you about it? And how do you make that top of mind? Ask me questions. Love the questions. All right. What else uh, we got? Going to the next level. Uh, we could talk about career planning. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. For me, I didn't plan my career. I kind of happened into it. But I will tell you that I prepared myself to happen into it. Right. And that sounds like next level because it kind of is <laughs> what I've done is that I say yes to everything, you know, and you might this might sound familiar. Right, I said this a lot at knowledge last year and, and, and ever since. But it's the truth. Right. Opportunities surface and you then have a choice to make. Right. Are you going to say no to that thing or are you going to say yes to that thing? And what I'll say here now is what I've said previously. Like, I can't recall a situation where. I, I had a positive impact to my life by saying no. So there are choices that I've made that were not successful, obviously, right? Like everyone's going to have those, but mm -hmm. there has never been a successful choice that originated from a no. So, you know, when that opportunity knocks, when you're considering whether or not you're going to do it, think about that the only way that you're going to see a positive benefit is if you say yes. It doesn't matter if you have a career plan at that point, right? Well, you should. Elaine Duke's going to talk more about that because he's better at that than I am. But the, to set yourself up for the career plan, you've got to be open to saying yes to opportunities, right? And so just yeah. that's the base. Everybody talks about like plan the career, but right. someone told me once like the older you get, the more you realize like life kind of happened to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Versus yeah, yeah. like you decided your way through it. But there's a certain sense of the plan is to be capable, like you were saying. Yeah. Build the capabilities and increase the probability that when opportunity knocks, you will be at home. Yes. <laughs> right? Waiting yes. for it and not out <laughs> doing something else. And so, especially for the beginners, they're under so much pressure. Oh, you got to pick a niche. You know, you could pick ITOM, you could pick CSM, you could pick SPM and, and niche down, niche down. It's all about the niches. Go, 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 niche, niche, niche. Yeah. And it's like, they're not even through the, <laughs> like they just got their CSA. They haven't even had like a year's worth of practical experience and people are telling them to niche down. And it's like, how? Yeah. So the only time I'd say that you can niche down the early is if you are an industry specific subject matter expert. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Right. That is the only time it works. Otherwise, like you need a broader base before you can niche. That's Is right. It? There's three variables that influence when and where you niche. The combination of interest, baseline skill, and proximity to opportunity. Yes. 
you get somebody who's maybe they've been a cabinet maker and they don't like being a cabinet maker anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They got the capability, but they don't have the interest. Right. And my journey with SPM was like that. I didn't have the interest, but I did have the capability in, in terms of like, I had enough platform knowledge to learn it very quickly. And yeah. I had the, the, the last variable, the proximity to opportunity was so vast. Like I had a customer that basically, we don't want anybody else. We want you and we'll pay you this obscene amount of money to learn and take this journey with us. So it was like, the opportunity is what drove me into the niche. But if I think about that from the outside, what am I going to do? Am I going to study SPM for eight, for like eight months? Yeah. Am I going to study that on my own, not knowing that there's payoff at the end? Yeah. Why would you do that? Right? Like I think, I think a lot of people think it's just like, oh, I'm going to study the now learning stuff. I'm going to get my exam. That's something you can do in two, three weeks if you're good academically. But it's yeah. not being credible in the ecosystem, not by a long shot. Right. If I told you that credibility, baseline credibility, takes you eight to 12 months to get on any of the niches, you'd be a lot more careful about which one you picked. You'd be waiting for somebody to say like, oh, we need this. You'd be waiting to see the demand before you went and paid that, that sacrifice. Man, that's so true. Because you would value that investment differently if you didn't think there was a payoff. Yeah. Right? Or if the payoff and was uncertain. This is another thing about turning it to 11 is you have got to divorce yourself from the marketing bullshit in the ecosystem, in any ecosystem. Yeah. Right. If somebody's telling you this is how long it takes and it sounds amazing, just have a voice in your head that says, but what if it's not that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think a lot of people want to believe that being an expert in SPM is one cert away and you get the cert by taking a course and writing a multiple choice exam on it. And that is not expertise. I think there's a willingness to sell expertise as something that is easily attainable, but when it's not, so there's novice, right? That's the very beginning, right? Then there's expertise where you've walked down the road significantly, right? And then there's a whole middle road where you are competent. And uh -huh. I think the problem is, is that, you know, make yourself competent in six months does not sell books. Nope. <laughs> months? What? <laughs> yeah, right? no, everybody wants that quick. But months in that sentence, but also competent in that sentence, right? Like you don't want to go into a job interview and say, yeah, no, I'm competent, right? Like you want to say, I'm great. And so you sell great. People sell great. They sell quick, they sell great, and they make things sound unrealistic, right? But ultimately, I think competence is always easier to get than expertise. And competence is more than fine, right, if you dress it up well. But I just mm -hmm. think, you know, I think sometimes people flame out because they've been sold the concept that expertise is something that they can attain quickly, and then they find that it's impossible. But competency yeah. is something that they probably could have obtained in that same amount of time in which they were looking to, to obtain the expertise. And that is something that you can build on. And that is something that gets you in the door. And I will say, once you found your stride, I know it's, it's so hard right now to be in the beginner's seat and you've got the certifications, you did everything everybody told you to do. And it's still like, how do I find a job? How do I get that first job? Everybody's saying I need X years of experience and whatever. But as soon yeah. as you breach that barrier, understand and believe that what like coffee is for closers, right? Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah, a term. Yeah. It, it, you have to do the hard stuff. Yeah. And the people who get the hard stuff and do it 
are the ones who get the rewards. You know, I, I want, I want, you said something in there that I, I want to dive into because I was always find that this thing annoys me with the X years of experience, right? And what I want to tell folks out there is that you might not have X years of experience, whatever X is, but that's fine because X years of experience is really just a, a proxy for determining yep. competency, right? It's, but from for determining, you know, whether or not you actually can deliver the thing that's that exists. And so the only thing that you need to do to get past that X years of experience gate is demonstrate the competency that they're trying to actually understand, right? Like the, 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 the competency that they're trying to discover, right? So don't worry about if you've got two years of experience for an entry level job, what they care about is, can you do the job? Right. Because nobody cares about really what you've done anywhere else. They care about what you can do for me here now. And they use all of those other metrics as just basically as a proxy for being able to demonstrate that you're able to do those things without them yeah. having to run like some kind of in-depth background check to understand it. <laughs> Think about all the different things that you could learn in ServiceNow in five years, right? Like me doing five years of SPM doesn't make me one bit better at doing yeah. ITOM work. Right. Not even a little bit. And so everything they say about X years experience, what they mean to say is we don't know what questions to ask to find the credibility and we've been burned before. That's what it's saying. And so having the hard skills is not enough. You've got to learn to talk about the things that you can do. And here's an example of the right way and the wrong way. The wrong way. This is how you talk about your ServiceNow skill the wrong way. I use business rules, client scripts, UI policies, flow designer, scheduled jobs. What else? We got? JavaScript. What else we got? UI builder. Uh, did I say flow designer? Yeah. I use all of those to build solutions as per customer requirement. Yeah, you now, Corey, what can I do on ServiceNow? No idea. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Yeah. But if I say... Hey, listen, I replaced Salesforce at a global contact center and we made it much simpler so that the training time went from three months to three days. And we also racked up like $100,000 a year savings on licenses and we prototyped it in a day and deployed it in three weeks. Now, what can I do on ServiceNow? <laughs> yeah, now I know exactly what you can do, right? Now you know exactly. Now, you, maybe you don't get a whiz bang dragon slay like that, but you can still attach the thing to its outcomes. Yeah. How many times have we said that? We should, I bet you outcomes is the most common word. If we count all the <laughs> words we've said on this podcast. Followed closely by value. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but it's true though, Duke. And I, and I think it's because folks who, who are in the ServiceNow ecosystem probably identify as techie in some way. And techie folks love technology, right? Like a I lot think? of us. Oh yeah, maybe a little bit, you know. And <laughs> I mean, I, they they clearly love technology, but do you do you, do you think the majority of the newcomers to the ServiceNow space would tell, would label themselves as techie? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah, I think it's a coin toss. Now, I think yeah. five years ago, probably, but I think with NextGen and Rise Up and the programs with the Armed Forces, I I don't think the majority are thinking that they're technical now. Well, you know what? That's a leg up then on the rest of us right? Who do you consider ourselves techie, right? And I'll tell you why, is that when you approach ServiceNow from a techie perspective, you elevate 
the code, you elevate the platform, you elevate the tinkering, and you think less of or don't focus enough on often the outcomes and delivering value for the business in a way that they can use to make money or reduce costs. That's what ServiceNow is for ultimately, right? To make money for the business or reduce costs for the business. And if you're coming into the ecosystem and you're not thinking that this is a tinker toy, then maybe you should come into ServiceNow world thinking that this is a, a tool for businesses to make money or reduce costs, right? And if you can internalize that, then you're already a leg ahead of a lot of folks who are advertising themselves as people who know flow designer, business rules, client scripts, UI builder, mm -hmm. you know, workspace, et cetera, right? Like, you know, and given that bulleted list of the things that they know versus someone who comes in and gives that other spill that you did Duke, where you talk about how you took this thing and did this thing and saved this amount and you did it in this amount of time. Those sorts of words that folks are looking to hear because ultimately ServiceNow is a two-two make money for businesses or save money for businesses that makes sense or am i am i way off base no I mean, <laughs> it's really the core essence of it like when i do my coaching cohorts the the first couple episodes isn't jump into the tech it's why are we here right right how did this how did this service now thing go from you know nothing to the size that it is today right? yeah and it's because it solves a certain class of problems. So you better be really clear about what that class of problems is because we're not using this to make angry birds. <laughs> Though you know? I'm sure somebody could at this point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But would you want to, right? Right. And I don't, I, I know there's some tension there because I always tell people, hey, look back over your past life or your hobbies or your crafts or whatever in order to find motivation of what to build, right? To crank up your skill. And not a lot of those apps would get put on a service now. It wouldn't be worth it, right? Right. But it showcases the class of problem that you can solve. We talk about it all the time, my soaping app, right? Yeah. So I make yeah. soap and you know, there's always a risk that you can waste your ingredients when you're making a batch, right? If I pour too much, I, I screw up the ratio of the batch, everything's a waste. Yeah. And, and also like how much of it do I have left? So if I'm planning a batch, I want to know if I have enough of everything before I pour it out of the bottles. So I use ServiceNow to control my raw inventory quantities and consumption, and it helps me make better supply chain decisions. I didn't right. do it because some company out there is some is gonna put the soaping production app on their instance. No, of course they're not, but they might need something that monitors and manages raw materials. Yeah. Like cough loaner laptops, cough. Uh <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And, and, and all of that stuff is, is very similar. Sometimes you're just switching out the unit, right? Like the unit of the thing, right? Is it a, well, whatever the ingredients are that go into soap, or is it a mouse and a keyboard and a printer and USB cables or what have you, right? At the end of the day, it's all the same stuff, right? Yeah. It's all tables and forms and so and processes and so on you and so what? forth, right? I, I think for this year's co cohort four, this is me pushing my limit. For when I do my, my next coaching cohort this year, on top of making people pick their own capstone, I think I'm just going to have a, a suite of capstones that people can do. Because I think like people should just have a library of problems that they have solved. Right. So like we always do in my cohort, the soaping inventory one. But Holly Ryder, she just did that used car lot process where they take everything from the acquisition of vehicles to the repair and detailing and cleaning so that the salespeople can see what cars are ready to sell 
and then actually the sell records go in service now and you can see which cars are in contention and then it's got all the financials so they can see like how much margin each rep is making and what cars they're best at selling or and so i'm like that's a great thing to model out when you're talking right. about acquisition management and then when you're talking about managing the performance of a sales team that's a great problem to solve some Absolutely. other you know i got another person he worked in medical claims processing and so it was kind of like processing the claim like the person says i use these treatment codes and i'm therefore asking for this amount of money well do we need certain pieces of evidence for that and what actual money we're going to give them and when we tell them how much money actually like do they have a response is there a reconciliation for that like there's all kinds of these problems that if you just keep building those out you just get a feel for the yeah like what am i trying to say Corey? like who cares how a planer works until you actually have to even out wood. Yeah. Until you no, have, I, to have to shave exactly a millimeter off of a piece of wood. Then and only then is the planer going to make sense. You've got to do the think. I mean, at the end of the day, like you don't understand how it all works. And so you actually use the thing to make it work. Right. Yeah. Like you don't understand how flow designer works until you actually build flows. You don't understand how email works until you send one. Try to explain like email to someone who's never sent one. Well, I'm going to write this thing into like a screen and then send it yeah. to somebody, right? Like you, like, huh? Like how send do, it to somebody. <laughs> right. How, so, how do you get it to them? Right. Uh -huh. like, you know? And so ultimately there is no substitute for actually doing the thing. You can read all the articles you want to, all the wikis, all the docs. But if you do all of that without getting the PDI, Right. And banging on the instance and probably getting to the point where you need to reset that thing a couple of times. If you are doing all of this without getting to that point, you're probably leaving a lot of understanding on the table. Right. And notice I didn't say knowledge. I said understanding because that's the key. That's what yeah. you want. You want to be able to understand the process and the platform. Right. And you can't do that without doing it. Yeah. You know what? I'm having a massive aha moment here because in my first three coaching cohorts from last year, it's a, it's one thing to be lectured at by somebody who's been there, done that a hundred, a hundred times. Right. And so I put a lot of time and effort into building some exercises, right? You don't get the instructions. You get told what you need to produce. Right. And that puts one tool in context, but for next year, it's going to be a lot more like solutions, like full on app builds. Okay. I'm putting this out there. This is me pushing it to my limit next year my coaching program is going to be the best thing money can buy or bust. <laughs> Duke, like if anybody can do it, you can. The knowledge that you have around this and the dedication that I've already seen you put into this. If there's anyone who can deliver on that promise, like I, I have full confidence that it's you. So if anybody wants to be an advisor for that effort, and if anybody's interested in actually being a part of that mentorship program, please reach out. I don't have any of the details yet. All I know is that it's going to get done. This is my mission for 2024. This is me pushing it to my limit. Haha, <laughs> push it to the limit, baby. <laughs> All right. What about you, Corey? What do you got up this year? Man, I know you're going to put me on the spot. I knew you were going <laughs> to put me on the spot, right? Like, uh, you know, you know, put yourself on the spot. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm not going out here on this limb alone. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was coming. How I'd like to push it to the limit is looking at the consulting that I do differently. What I think the market is missing and what I know that I bring to the table is really helping folks get the most out of service now. What I know natively is that when I show up at a client, I'm giving them the ability to have someone who understands both the technology and how their business works and being able to merge the two so that they get the best 
out of ServiceNow to drive that business, right? Whatever that business outcome is, like whatever that synergy is, I'm the person who can come in there and I can talk to whatever department head or C-level if necessary, whoever, right? Understand, okay, so why did you actually buy ServiceNow? Right. right. Like, what, what are you actually trying to do with this thing? I'll tell you what, there are a lot of people who can't even answer that question. Why did you buy it? And what is this thing supposed to be doing for you? But that's the first question that you actually need to answer. Right. Because when you get to a point where you've got this platform out here, right, you're doing things with it and you're paying for it. You want to make sure that is aligned with the, with the mission of the business, whatever the mission of the business is. Often the mission of the business is profit plus, right? Like it's going to be, we need to make money and we're also, and we're making money in this way. Okay. So how can service now help you do that? We don't know, right? Nobody knows most of the time, right? Like they've got here and they, and you know, and things happen. So I like what I'm really good at is making the business be more intentional about how to use service now. Quote that. Uh, in, so. <laughs> all right folks there you have it that's episode 100 you guys <laughs> and on just a, just a quick note thank you guys so much like there'd be no business getting to episode 100 we wouldn't even made it to episode 50 if we hadn't had people watching but be telling us that the thing is making an impact on their lives thank you so much for listening thank you for all the likes and comments and shares and hopefully the next 100 are even better. Thanks so much, folks. Thanks, everyone. Again, right? I just want to echo Duke. I normally let him do the sign off, but this is episode number 100. And that there's just been so much that this podcast has given me over the last several years. And really, it, it, I wouldn't be here in this space if not for you, Duke. So I just want to say I appreciate that. But also all of all of our listeners out there and everyone who I've ever bumped into and told me, hey, man, I love the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have no idea. Welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown. See you in the next one. Optimize your workflow. That service now. This ain't your typical run of the mill. Tech talk. Go G's. We're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question. Who the realest be? Unapologetic. If we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust. Authentic. So it's cemented. Better make way. Only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. What's success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Yeah. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Yeah. CJ and the Duke. What's that? Service now. Come on. Yeah. I said welcome to the winner's circle. Yeah. Yeah.